Good morning. Seven minutes after 10 o'clock. It is Froster Buns Friday. And uh, in the news, apparently uh, a member of the House of Representatives from Missouri, been there since 2009, is going to, uh, he's going to end his career. He's not going to run for re-election. Uh, that would be uh, Representative Blaine Lutkemeyer. And uh, I, I, I'm going to preface this by telling you, uh, I've met him a few times and I think he's a nice guy. I like him. But intellectually, I think um, his view of conservative spending doesn't line up with mine. The Republicans had taken over the House, and, uh, and, and uh, Representative Lutkemeyer came on the program to tell me that they cut spending. And I pointed out that they didn't cut spending. They had projected they were going to spend, and I'm going to make numbers up here because I don't remember it's been that long. They projected they were going to spend $2 trillion. It, it, it increased the deficit by $2 trillion. But in reality, because they changed their minds on some of their spending, they increased the deficit by $1.5 trillion. And that baseline accounting trick that Congress uses... In the mind of some politicians, is a cut in spending, and, and uh, Representative Luke Meyer uh, didn't agree with me. Here was the conversation. All right, I'm going to summarize what I think I've heard, and uh, I'm going to give you the last word. We're looking at a piece of legislation that really can be altered by future Congresses, uh, and it could be altered in a great way uh, and reduce the size of government, or it could be altered the other way. The legislation really can't hold future Congresses' feet in the fire. We're not reducing spending at all. In fact, we're increasing spending by trillions of dollars. All we have all we succeeded in doing is reducing the increase uh, with this legislation. And if the debt continues to grow as it is, Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid, uh, three programs that are taking such a huge chunk of the budget, will continue to grow unabated because the Democrats won't give on it uh, until it swallows up the whole budget and we end up collapsing. So this simply means we go further in debt before we collapse. You get the last word. Well, I disagree with your with your review there, Gary. We are cutting spending. You're saying that anything that we don't spend in the future is not a cut. Correct. Is a, that is a cut. All right, let me ask you this. If you, I bought, if, look, if, look. You, if you decide that you are not going to uh, be able to afford something, then you don't do it. Therefore, you cut down your, the amount of your payments that you're going to make. If you don't buy a, a $50,000 car, you buy a $5,000 car. All right, let me let me just say, I'm a, I, belong, I belong, I belong. That's what we're doing here. We're cutting the amount of payments that we're going to make out of income. All right, let me just, let me do this. I belong to Weight Watchers, and I go out on an eating binge, and I think I've put on 10 pounds. When I get to Weight Watchers, they put me on the scale, and lo and behold, I've put on 8 pounds. Do I say, gee, I just lost 2 pounds? That's not a very good analogy. I disagree with your analogy. That's not what's going on here. Okay. All right, Congressman Luke Kamire, I do appreciate the effort, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. All right. All right. With you. So, <laughs> we were talking about the deficit. Uh, some people don't understand the difference between the deficit and the debt. Uh, the debt is how much we owe uh, completely, all of the debt the federal government has. The deficit is how much we've added to that debt in any particular fiscal year. So um, 
if you have a deficit, that means you've increased the debt. When you cut spending, you haven't increased the debt. When you when you cut spending, your debt load, you know, is is eliminated. You're, you're not adding to it at all. And he was trying to suggest that because they projected spending two trillion and they only spent one and a half billion more than they had, that they had cut spending. No, they've increased spending. But but, but he and this is an accounting trick. This is baseline budgeting, and it does not. You try that on your business, and the government would have you in the hooskow before you knew what hit you. Oh, Lord. I, I do. I like the guy. I think he's a very nice guy. I just think he's a, you know, typical politician. Uh, to the phones we go. Jerry is on on a Frost Your Buns Friday. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, I got a quick uh, immigration story for you. Um, back in the 1800s, my grandfather came from Holland, and he was 14. He got here. He worked until he was 21 to pay off the boat ticket. In that seven years, he learned enough of language and the customs and everything. He was became a citizen, and that made him eligible to um, get a homestead. So he homesteaded 160 acres in Minnesota, uh, had 13 kids all through the Depression. Um, his sons went to World War II. Korea. His grandsons went to Vietnam, but he did it. He did it legally for the most part because back then, you know, laws were a lot different. But people can come here and make good. Yeah. And when he came here, he he didn't get welfare. No. He didn't get food stamps. No. Back then, everything was done. He was in farming country. Everything was done a horse and buggy and hands. <laughs> he worked his butt off. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know. That's the kind of guy you want to come into the country, isn't it? That's the kind of guy you want. He's going to come into this country because he knows that if he works, he'll be able to reap the benefits of his work. And he wants to do that. That's exactly how the country should be run. But it's not anymore. And he had 75 grandkids that turned out pretty good. Holy Toledo, 75. Well, he didn't spend all of his time working. Okay. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, thank you. Glad to have you in the Gary Nolan show. Oh, I'm not going there. Oh, no. But, I mean, that's the same story. My grandfather came to the country and, and went to work. It was, it was easy. But we keep passing these laws. We keep making the government bigger and giving it more power. And the next thing you know, you've perverted it in ways that you were unimaginable when the Constitution was drawn up. Do you know that the Constitution doesn't really cover immigration? They cover naturalization, but not immigration. We wanted people to come to the country. And we still should. And there's and this crap about, oh, well, they should be baccalaureates or have a master's degree or we'll let you in if you have a Ph.D. No. If they're not a threat to society and not sucking off the government teeth, not using your tax money, they should be allowed to come in here and work. Period. Uh, 
I, I, I fail to understand why people don't get it. Les, good morning. Uh, good morning, Gary. You're talking about uh, Blaine Luke DeMeyer and his funny math. Blaine's background has always been banking. Banking. Banking is funny math. When you have fractional banking to create something out of nothing, this is Blaine's mindset. We can create, we have a 2% uh, uh, increase in inflation, which is what they shoot for, which never is reality. And that is his mindset. We need to add, add, add in order to stay the same. That's, that's people take, given a $40, 20 and a 20 and $40 and can't subtract 24. Blaine can't do that either. He has no concept of the idea on how to subtract things to reduce the budget. If the budget is reduced, it all collapses. That's all right. our money system. All right, Les, thank you. Glad thank to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Most people don't know what fractional reserve banking is. If you look at it, it's really scary. Um, there are videos on the web. Fractional reserve banking. Uh, look them up because when you realize what happens and how they create money out of whole cloth... Uh, it it it's um it's like how in the hell did, how in the hell did we last this long? It's crazy. It really is. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go into all the details, but they'll take so much money uh, and they'll put it you know from the deposit, and then they get to uh, to loan the money out, and that it, and it's not money that they have. It's uh, it's it's just a mess. It's just a mess. Uh, all right, I gotta, I gotta do this. I, I've gotta stop. Brian has got his finger on the button, and the other finger he's waving at me, and and I don't want to tell you which one that is, but I, I think I have to take a break. It's the year number one. That's is what that, I, that's what that I'm wouldn't that be the index finger? Oh, is that? I'm sorry, you I have wrong stop. finger. Okay, didn't mean to do that. Yeah, sure. Carrie Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 21 minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you on board on a Froster Buns Friday, 800-529-5572. The Inflation Reduction Act, it's a double whammy. uh, Well, it's actually worse than that. But but with regard to uh, the prescription drug provisions, it is a double whammy, anti-free market, Problem uh, for literally every one of us. For every one of us. It is Froster Buns Friday. I go to the phones here, and uh, Moral is on first. Good morning. Oh, hi, Gary. Thank you for uh, calling, uh, for taking my call uh, there today. And, you know, I would like to begin the new year on maybe a less than controversial note. Now, see, I called, I was trying to call uh, when the, uh, I was talking about the open borders, and I had thought on that. Now, and, uh, you know, uh, gee, how I'd like to uh, defer to the Holy Father on that, so I love, and I guess is in favor of a more open border. I would just like to say that, 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 that with everybody forming their opinions on the, uh, in the in the creature comforts of their automobile. Now, uh, uh, you know, uh, some of these people. Uh, what the what, what, what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? The creature comforts of your automobile? What? Now, now listen to me. This is this is worth being made mention of because some of these people are south of Mexico, and I've heard that, that travel on foot great on uh, biblical proportions of distances of uh, biblical proportions uh, to come to this country. 
and so, uh, so these, so we really should realize that you know when you're when when we are supposed to be worshiping the Christians of us are supposed to be worshiping our 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 fellow. These traditions come from when in the Holy Land people are walking the distances in such in such fashion that these people have to walk. Now I think really that needs to be made mention of uh, on this thing. But, but Why? Really, it's something. It's something which I cannot really advise on. Any All right, moral. Just get to the get to the point, buddy. Okay, because we're we're only a three hour show, and it's taking you twenty minutes to get here, and I still don't know where you're headed. So get to the point. I said it was less than controversial because I think it should be taken hard because I don't care what form. I, I don't really uh, disagree with the close. If you come down on closed borders or on open borders, like our, our, our blessed Holy Father, I'm just saying, just take a note uh, on that. It, it is worth making. You know, a lot of people uh, people have the idea with, with people who don't have the luxury of automobiles uh, have to uh, endure. Uh, okay, all right, all right. So you, you feel sorry for them because they're walking. I think that's as far as I can go. Moro, thank you for the call. I think I appreciate it, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, the idea of your uh, quandary with uh, Representative Luke DeMeyer's thought process, you have to remember there's science and then there's the political science and then there's math and there they don't talk about it political math political math is that what yes. we experienced was political math yes yes we get it all the time that's all that the news networks can understand is political math math yeah i i'm of the impression that mainstream media are dumber than a box of rocks. I mean, when they talk about inflation, <laughs> they, they say inflation, uh, you know, we've, it's gone away. No, no, it hasn't. Uh, it, it's still going up. It just isn't going up at the speed it was before. Uh, they, they talk about uh, uh, all of these issues when they're talking about tax cuts, and uh, they just don't get it. Well, one one last thing. I, I agree with you that I believe Representative Luke DeMeyer is a nice guy, and uh, probably his staff is too. But I had the same almost discussion when I called in about that that they reduced the budget and saved money because I knew that they didn't. Yeah, they did not. They did not cut spending. The uh, they they didn't cut. The debt they didn't they didn't raise spending as much as everybody thought right they were as, as they predicted right absolutely yep. thanks Jim glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show um, the Inflation Reduction Act this this ought to frost your buns um, one of the things that that uh, the administration is trying to take credit for is this attack on the uh, pharmaceutical industry. And they want to limit their profits and how much they can charge, and, and they really shouldn't do that. Uh, the brief economic re uh, reasoning behind why they should not do that is because it disincentivizes the pharmaceutical industry or the medical uh, products industry from creating new products. If they can't enjoy the profits, then there's no point in doing it. And... When you have to spend literally a billion dollars 
it, it's actually more than a billion. I think it's closer to two billion now. For every pharmaceutical that new pharmaceutical that you see on the shelf that you see advertised on TV, costs one or two billion dollars uh, to create it and to get it past the 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 Food and Drug Administration. So you want to turn a profit on that. You want to recoup those costs. Well, if you're limited in how much you can charge, and it isn't based on your costs, why bother to invest? What's the point? But that apparently is what some people uh, think is a good idea. And right now, because of the Inflation Reduction Act, they say they, uh, they're going to have uh, $280 billion in savings as a result of this uh, prescription drug provision. And guess what they're doing with that money? Brian, can you take a stab? They, they've, uh, they're going to save $280 billion on health care costs. Where do you think they would put that money? Take a guess. I have no idea. <laughs> I can hardly wait to find out. Well, it's being used to fund electric vehicle tax credits. Oh, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they're redirecting uh, to fund $7,500 tax credits on new electric vehicles and uh, four grand uh, tax credits on used electric vehicles uh, and uh, some other uh, of their energy programs. It's not... It's not being used to reduce the cost for senior citizens on Medicare. <laughs> it's not even being used to pay down the debt. It's like, Eureka, we have more money. Where can we spend it? That's, that's the, uh, the double whammy on this, uh, on this deal. They took the, the Biden administration, what is described as an unprecedented step of rolling its climate agenda into a health care concern with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, critics say that it makes climate change a priority. In both cases, they say it's not accomplishing anything with either goal. They're literally diverting funds. This, this madness is, I mean, it's like every time you turn around, everything you look at is it's like, what the hell are we doing here? What are we leaving for the next generation because we lack the testicular fortitude to hold politicians accountable? If you've got grandchildren, I'm not sure you're leaving them a country. They will argue that if unless we do what we're doing, there will be no next generation due to climate change. Yeah, but we already know that's... Oh, Nonsense. we do. Yeah, but they, they're all in on this hoax. And it is a hoax. It is just irritating how they keep teaching this to kids and how they're scaring these children. You know, I, I, I try to stay away from the, the whole Democrat-Republican thing, though I do lean a little bit closer to the Republicans. But the fact is, neither political party wants to address the real problem. It's what we do in this country. Uh, some problem develops, and instead of going back to the, to the drawing board and saying, well, the problem here is uh, a prohibition on alcohol. Uh, you know, that's, that's when we handle it right. Now we just try to band-aid over the, pro the symptom, and the problem persists. 
quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Ten thirty-five, and it's Froster Buns Friday. Um, who is the criminal in prostitution? Is it the prostitute, or is it the John? Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, there's a, a apparently a new law that's uh, taken effect, uh, and this is in Maine. Um, and according to Reason Magazine, it it could be coming to your to our state. So we'll we'll kick that around a little bit, uh, but it is Froster Buns Friday. Uh, we've been talking about immigration and uh, taxes, and geez, we've been all over the place, Brian. I can hardly summarize. Yes, we have. Yeah, let me go to the phones and see what's uh, which one of those topics Chris is on. Chris, good morning. I don't know. Brian had me on hold with Candace Owens, and now I'm trying to remember what I was thinking about because that was good. At your age, uh, it, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like conservative porn, boy. She just wonderful. Uh, I was calling, you'd mentioned electric cars and more stupid money for electric stuff. Uh, this morning, I, it's a long story, but I, I, there's a Facebook site about cars, and there's this one Yahoo on there that just about everything he posts is something about electric vehicle news, which just annoys everybody else. And today, he announced this, this, this article he linked to, the first of its kind, Gary, I think it was Mesa, Arizona, the first electric fire truck. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know the Peter principle starting to come to mind here. We've reached our highest level of incompetence. And I'm thinking, you know, if there's one vehicle in the world I don't think you'd want to be electric, it would be a fire truck. Well, how about an ambulance? <laughs> well, that, well, I mean, just start down the list, yeah. yeah. But I mean that one, and I'm, you know... And I, I posted a... It's an antique sign I've been selling for years of reproduction that shows international trucks, and it says for fire trucks, and it says, you know, most reliable when needed most. You know, and that's the way I feel about this kind of stuff. There's a point to where, okay, you can jack around with taxi cabs and buses and stupid stuff, but I think when we get to emergency vehicles, maybe we should be bright enough to just pass on this one because you may have to spend a few hours on the scene, and I'd hate to think you'd, you know, have to turn around, go back for, for charging, or maybe jump start it from another truck or something. It's just insanity, but you know, as well as I do, I didn't read the article, there's probably a million dollar grant from the Department of Whatever to buy one. I don't doubt a bit. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Subsidized all the heck, and you and me are paying for it anyway, but, I mean, we, we just can't seem to get our head out of there far enough to look around and go, this isn't a good idea. But, well, welcome to the new world, I guess. Yeah, it, you know, keep your cell phone on in the fire truck in case you have to call the people and tell them, <laughs> they yeah, just well, let it burn because we can't make it. have to show up the scene, shut the lights off because it'll run the battery down. Yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> Chris, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Dan, on a Frost Your Buns Friday, what's up? Well, good morning. I've got a Frost My Buns question. Uh, first of all, I I didn't know I was a libertarian until I started listening to you that I figured out what I was because I just didn't fit anywhere else. But this question, I've never had anybody answer it to my satisfaction. Why are we giving money to other countries I, I know the, the cliche, we give money to countries that hate us, but why are we giving money to all of these countries uh, when we can't even afford it? I mean, we're, we're borrowing money to give away? You know, it's especially irritating about this, Dan, is that we borrow money from China and then we give the money. 
Um, <laughs> it's like, what, yeah. what the hell are we doing? See, well, the like government... If I, can't afford to, if I can't afford to go out and eat somewhere and I use a credit card and then I give them 100% tip because it makes me feel good, that's stupid. Yeah, well, where in the Constitution uh, does the government have the authority to force you to give them money so they, in turn, can give your money away in your name? I don't know where that's at. Right, but like in like I, I really don't know the answer to this. When did we start doing this? I mean, what provoked us to give other countries money? Well, the whole thing starts to fall apart in uh, 1913. Uh, we end up creating a Federal Reserve. We create the income tax. We could apportioning debt. Uh, we stop uh, uh, legislatures from uh, appointing the Senate. Uh, we literally put a limit on the number of members in the House of Representatives. Uh, then uh, we have this tariff war and we have the Depression and Roosevelt comes in, uh, starts expanding. Oh, and by the way, uh, prior to that, we, we, we got involved in World War I. We had no business doing that. But we begin setting precedents for how big the government is and what the government can do. And it's, it's kind of like where it started. Uh, but there is, there is no authority in the Constitution for the federal government to give your money, not only to third world countries or any other countries, they don't even have the authority to take your money and give it to your neighbor. Yeah. You know, like like in our church, you know, if we want to give somebody something, somebody's got a need, we have a meeting, we talk about it, and we give it in our name to them. But if somebody, the treasurer of our church, just wrote a check for $5,000 to someone, we would be upset. We're not, we're not um, despising their need, but what authority do they have just to give it to somebody because they thought they needed it? You know, we used to handle um, devastating uh, things like the Chicago fire and uh, tornadoes and hurricanes. We used to do it with private charity. Now right. we rely on the federal government to do it. There is a, a piece, you're going to have to look it up on the web. And okay. it's um, uh, FEMA versus uh, FEMA and, the, and uh, the Chicago fire. Look up FEMA plus Chicago fire. And you'll find an article that talks about how charity handled the Chicago fire. Half the city burned down, and the government right. didn't come in and, and help them. And yet, in record time, uh, the city was on its feet. And the, and the people who were donating money uh, were confident that it was being used wisely. They had all kinds of checks and balances, all done without the government's help. Look it up. It'll, it's an eye-opener. Well, I appreciate that. I just It's just something I can't get past. And, you know, we, we've got the influx of all these people coming here now that's another burden. And, uh, you know, you, we can sense it in the community that there's just a radical change all of a sudden. But we know what it's taking for my family to pay our bills. Where are they working? What? How are they doing this? I mean, they just... I've got so many questions, but I'm just concerned. Thank you. As well you should be. Dan, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Ken, good morning. Hello, sir. I was listening to the radio 
earlier or TV, I don't remember. Some old boy was going to filibuster if they didn't get rid of the uh, personal property tax. And I, I didn't. I, when I heard it, I wasn't quick enough to, if anybody happened to hear it, hear, heard it, I would like to uh, have it or know it so I can contribute to him. Well, I don't know of an independent group. We I tried to do it a couple of years ago, but COVID hit and we couldn't get the signatures. Um, but uh, Senator Bill Eigel, who's running for governor, has been on this uh, ever since I have uh, first met him. He is absolutely anti-personal property tax and vows that if he wins, he will get rid of it. Um, I think Jay Ashcroft also wants to get rid of it. Uh, but I know Eigel does, and, and it, it's a passion for him. Okay? Okay. All right, Ken, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Roy, welcome. Good morning. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. I called anyway. <laughs> well, so that's the end of the good morning. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of your good morning. There's something that I have to go through. I'm told you do not have to endure, and that's my the source of my complaint. During the news, which you don't listen to, daily, especially when there's a change coming, they will tell me how wonderful something is because something is performing better or worse than they estimated. You know what they never say? Uh, no. Dear Lord, that was a lousy estimate. We're going to have to work on how well we estimate. This isn't keeping you up late at night, is it? No, it's early in the morning that gets me up in the early in the <laughs> wee hours. Maybe, maybe in the wee wee hours. It's hard to say. Oh, Lord. So give me an example of what you heard. Wow, I'm sorry. The last one was in the jobs report. How more jobs were created than expected. Uh-huh. Why did you expect that many? They never tell us. They never tell us anything. They just show it. And because this does not agree with what we said, this is good or bad. There well, is no logic to this. They predict based on a variety of things. Uh, and, and I've read uh, Thomas Sowell. He started in the Department of Labor making predictions. And when he tried to bring some common sense to the equation, all the way up the line he was denied. And that's when he quit with the Department of, uh, I believe it was Labor, and Thomas Sowell, wonderful man, trying to use reason in an unreasoning society. Roy, what part of the Constitution gives us the right to have... Absolutely none. You're Any? consistent. I, I, don't, I, I don't have to, you know, I know I where you're going, not specifically, but I kind of know where you're going. I just wanted to know, you didn't let me get my question out, what part of the Constitution gives me the authority to create the Department of Labor? Uh, there is none. Same answer. I, yeah, I, the one that really ticks me off probably the most was when Carter created the Department of Education and, and made stupidity perpetual. Yep. I agree. Republicans threatened to get rid of it. Ronald Reagan said he'd get rid of it. Uh, Republicans have had the House, the Senate, and the White House. They never got rid of it. All Republicans quit teasing me. I'm tired of it. <laughs> okay, Roy, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Well, we never get rid of it. Uh, Joe says, uh, we need to close the border and put machine guns on the wall. Then, 
We need to put all the illegals in their own segregated area that we control. The only way to protect our nation is handling it the way the Israelis handle the Palestinians. Yeah, I don't think that's working out real well. No, I don't think we should be putting machine guns on the wall. Quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1052. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show on a Froster Buns Friday. Um, we were talking about global warming. We've got a story here about uh, two developers who have backed out of their contract for uh, an offshore wind project. Uh, we'll give you the details on that in the next hour. Uh, gee, I'm running out of I'm running out of time, Brian. And I got a lot of stories here. These people keep calling and, and talking, and uh, I know what are they thinking? What the well, yeah, What is the matter with them? Oh, all right. We'll talk to them. Uh, we'll talk to Mike first. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, sir. Hey, real quick. Uh, when I go to Sam's Club, I don't know if I can say Sam's Club, but when I go there and I, I had a, a just a, a $10 a, a little small thing of uh, crackers, and then they stopped me with their little scanner. Other times I've been there two or three different times. And, you know, less than 50 bucks, and I'm being scanned. That's basically telling me and what frosts my butt. I'm a thief. And if they're going to scan me, why the hell am I scanning myself out up there when they're slowing me down and, and going through that? I mean, it just, I hope people hear this and throw a fit because I did say something to the manager. But Wait, uh, you're, 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 you go into the store, they scan you? No, I, I do the self-checkout. And okay. then right before you go out the store... You, you, there's a lady standing there with a scanner, and she scans your receipt, and then she goes through your shopping cart. And, I mean, I, I last time I had a Sam's card, I cut it up after I just got it because of the price of fuel. And I was dumb enough to go back because I vote with my feet. But uh, I, I just think that, uh, and they're still there. And I'm talking about the one in Jefferson City. I don't know what they do over there in Columbia, but uh, I, I just but think. Shouldn't they be? shouldn't they be making sure that, uh, shoplifters aren't walking out the door with product and driving up the prices of the goods you want to buy? And I'm biting on that, too. But it's caged in. You can't get through the, you can't get through the checkout line and get back over into the uh, other products. You, you can only go out the door. You know what I'm saying? It's like you pay your bill. And, and people are, I know I talked to the people behind me and they said they, if it, you know, they thought they were getting a big discount, but I tell you what, you, you can go to Walmart, which is the same thing, but you can go to Walmart and well, get the same product cheaper. Let me ask you this. When you're scanning, uh, can you throw something into the uh, cart that you didn't scan? Uh, it's weight or no. Uh, and I was thinking that they're just basically hitting high dollar items like TVs or, or something like that. But 7.30 in the morning, I went in there. The only one went to a self, uh, not a self, but a, a, per, uh, a lady checked me out. The gal was watching me from the door. She can see me. She seen me walk right over there, thirty feet. Then she wanted to rescan it again. I'm like, "What in the hell's going on?" I did blow a gasket, but I was smart enough to get out of there before the police were called. <laughs> but you know, I, I just hope people hear this. And I did, you know, I understand this about the shoplifting, but I tell you what, why scan it when I'm going out the door? Why don't you just be up there? and have other people scanning it because people don't like to be double scanned. I can just tell you that. Okay. Here's, the other, 
here's the other thing that I, I, I want to pass on. A friend of mine was a school teacher, public school, went to the military, VA, whatever. And do you know these illegals that are coming in our country? Uh, when they, uh, they make them, uh, they have them, I should say, have them from little children on up, stand up, and, and uh, say the Pledge of Allegiance. These, uh, the Mexicans and other nationalities will not say the pledge. And uh, ticked him off bad enough after so many years, he quit before he grabbed the hole and choked one of them, he said. But they can come over and get our free medicine, free food stamps, free everything on my bill, but they can't pay uh, homage to uh, the mother country here of the United States. Well, you know, I would rather they just not get the freebies and I don't give a rodent's rectum about whether they say the Pledge of Allegiance, as long as they're just not given your money to survive on. Well, then I say, my answer to that is I say, when they get the food stamps, before they get any card or, or cash or however that ticket, however that's working, uh, they have to say the Pledge of Allegiance before it's handed to them, and by God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you, sir. All right, Mike. That's an interesting take. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Before you get the, you want the food stamps? Okay, Pledge of Allegiance. <sighs> All right. Uh, is Froster Buns Friday? So nothing is off the table, really. We'll take your calls uh, at 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. That gets you into the studios. Uh, you can also go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, and that in turn will pop up in studio. Nearly half of Missouri's, according to the Columbia Missourian, social equity marijuana license applicants... Don't live in the state of Missouri. <laughs> really? No kidding. Uh, more than 40% of the owners listed on applications <clears throat> for state social equity marijuana license issued in October were from outside Missouri. Well, maybe we shouldn't be offering this up at all. Maybe anybody who wants to sell it should be allowed to sell it. That just might eliminate... Uh, some of this nonsense. But no, no, we have to regulate it because we... Uh, why do they want to regulate it, Brian? Well, the reason is because you're, you're too, too stupid. stupid. Oh, all right. So they Make sense now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and then they come up with all these rules. If you want to sell marijuana, you have, you've got to jump through these hoops. Only so many people can do it. And then we'll tax the snot out of it so that it's more expensive than the black market. And then we'll wonder why it's not working. Golly. What do I have left for time? Because I, I You're out of time. I'm out of time. Yeah. I don't like the way we're you said that. Very you short, mean, though. You mean short we're break. up to yeah? We're up to uh, we're up to the news break. Is what you're saying? I'm not out of time. <laughs> At least I hope not. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.